Welcome, everyone, to another Your Amigos ASCO podcast. We're joined by Silky Gillis and our fellow Your Amigo, Your Amiga, perhaps. And Silky, <laughs> thanks for joining us. If you could briefly introduce yourself and then give us sort of um, maybe the background of your abstract, and then we'll launch into the data. Okay, I'm a rural MIGA, right? And I'm also a <laughs> medical oncologist um, at um, now in Bedintona in the southern part of Switzerland. Very lucky too. Yes, beautiful. Lots of sunshine. Um, Silky, do you want to talk a bit about your uh, your presentation at ASCO? I mean, I'd be happy to talk about Switzerland as well. But I think, <laughs> but I okay, think, let's I go. Yeah. Let's go to, to the abstract first. Yes, so um, this is interestingly um, a safety analysis uh, and even an updated safety analysis of a trial that's an EOTC trial and it's in metastatic CRPC first line combining enzalutamide plus radium versus enzalutamide alone. So enzalutamide alone, as you know, is a, is a kind of a standard in that setting. Um, and we tested the combination versus enzalutamide. And I guess the, the interesting part of it is actually the story because there was a very, very similar um, study from Matthew Smith that was called ERA223 that was doing the same thing, metastatic CRPC first line combining abiratrone with radium versus abiratrone plus placebo. And in November 2017, that trial was unblinded. And um, because there was in one arm many more fractures and also more deaths. And everyone was, including me, thinking, yeah, this is probably the, 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 the mono arm, right? But then it turned out it was the combination arm. And I guess all of us were really a bit surprised um about that and at that time point we had already started our p3 otc trial that tested enzalutamide in that combination with radium so obviously we were very kind of um, threatened by by these results that were very unexpected because as you know radium had an overall survival benefit mmc rpc and also abiratron and also enzalutamide. Um, and there were, weren't like clear hints that the combination would have overlapping toxicity or anything. And from this ERA trial, we learned some interesting things. First, um, the, the fractures were in 75% not at the sites of metastasis. And the other thing was that even if bone protecting agents are actually in all the guidelines for that situation, 60% of the patients in that error trial didn't receive a bone protecting agent. But then if you would look in that, in a post-hoc analysis, they looked in the patients who got that bone protecting agent and they saw that they had a clearly decreased rate of fractures in both arms. And that's why our IDMC, obviously, from our trial, was then very interested in, in fracture rates. Um, and we did this, this safety analysis um, to see what happened in our trial. And I think it's, it's really interesting because also in our trial, before we made it mandatory, because when that result came out, we made it mandatory with like an urgent safety letter that everyone had to receive a bone protecting agent. So we, we made an amendment and so we, we changed the trial to that everyone 
uh, about protecting agents. And I think it's really, I mean, it's, it's pretty, I think, impressive, the data, because we look now um, in the patients that we had before that amendment, and we see that at one year, 37% in the combination arm of the patients had a fracture, but also 16% in the entolutamide alone arm. And after we changed and we made the BPA mandatory or for the patients who had a BPA, so bone protecting agent, that rate is less than 3%. So I guess what we learned from that trial is that you have to give bone protecting agents um, in, this, in this population. And so how many patients are you presenting, did you, did you present and how many, and what are the other issues in the trial that you, you identified? So this is really now um, an analysis where we looked specifically for the fractures. Um, this is now 267 patients randomized. So it's, it's, we are not finished with the trial. So for the trial, it's event-driven trial. We, we will have, we will need about 400 patients. Um, and that's the, the data analysis that we have right now um, from 267 uh, patients. And so, okay, what is it about the combination of either Abbey or Enza and radium that increases fracture risk? Is it known mechanistically? No, I think it's still um, a surprise, right? So what we will do in our trial is, is that uh, Fred Lecouvet, who is a, a specialist in, in imaging, a radiologist, and Bertrand Tombal, um, they will really look at the scans. We, we, have, we made it mandatory that we have central scan review. We will look at the scans and, and try to find out what is the mechanism behind it. But again, I, I mean, I just want to emphasize that also ends alone, you know, is the, the fracture rate is, mm -hmm. is not that, that low, right? So, so I think, and that's, a, that's something we're giving a lot. So, so for me, it's really a bit, that's the message that we really should give bone protecting agents yeah. in these patients. To all patients, regardless of treatment. Exactly. So, yeah. so Silky, radium-223 is a drug that's been around for a while. Um, what what is its future? We had a conversation with with, uh, with Mike a few minutes ago about his shaky data that's being presented in uh, a <laughs> plenary session with lutetium and PMSA. This area seems to be moving very quickly. Is radium going to be a thing of the past by the time your re your trial reads out, or is it going to have a separate role? How do you see it's fitting in in the future? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, hmm. I'm first of all, I'm not sure what is the availability of lutetium PS or also actinium PSMA uh, worldwide. Right? Um, it's going to be so. At least in Switzerland, this is rather expensive. I know in in Australia, it's it's pretty cheap. So it's obviously something that is uh, very depending on the country you're living in. I uh, I mean, I asked Brian. I guess in the states, it will be very expensive. <laughs> um, so we don't know. So for, you know, for the radium, I have to say there is some elderly patients that have only bone metastasis, very kind of, you know, indolent disease. Um, and, and I guess for them, actually, that schedule only coming in every six weeks can be if you need, you know, if they have pain, for example, because they have to, it's approved for patients with pain. I think it's it's a rather kind of pragmatic option um, when they already had a novel endocrine agent, right? So 
it's easier than most of the other options we have for for like really kind of fragile patients. Silky, in that 2017 presentation by Matt Smith with the original aberasterone and radium-223 data, I missed that presentation at, at ASCO. I may have been pulling together the pieces from the night before after being, <laughs> after being in, Ca- in, in O'Callaghan's bar, which is a problem I've not got this particular year, uh, which allows me to look at your data in some detail. Do, do you think with hindsight that that data actually has dampened the enthusiasm to use radium-223? And do you think from now people will be more confident with it and use it more? And does that make your... Uh, your data presenting practice changing? You know, the the one thing that I think is that it has clearly dampened the enthusiasm to include patients in the the P3 trial. And and really clearly, I think, uh, totally understandably so. Um, So now I think with that new data, when you really see these fractures really go back to a very low baseline and are very similar in the combination arm versus versus the mono arm. Um, I think this is hopefully um, make some new enthusiasm to to really include patients in in our trial, um, in the P3 trial. And then we will see if the combination... And then even, and you're right, I mean, are we then going to use it later in MCRPC, but maybe in another situation, right? So then we will know if the combination gives some benefit versus the monotherapy. So you said in the, in the Abbey plus radium trial, most of the fractures were not at metastatic sites. Was that the same in this trial? Yeah, that's a, again a very good question. We don't know yet, so this is okay. something we're gonna look at specifically again with with that um, analysis we are planning um, of. Or, you know, the interesting thing is I don't know how much um, prostate cancer patients you see, but but probably underestimate the fractures because also sometimes the patients don't tell you. Um, mm-hmm. If someone had has bone meds, you you always assume it was at a place of bone med, right. right, of a side of a bone med. But in reality, it's probably a lot of it is osteoporotic and um, so or even traumatic. And, and I guess this is really something we, we want to go and look into death in.